I'm reminded once again of the words that Samuel spoke. Um, If you know that story in the Bible, he thought he was hearing things and he kept going back to his uh, master and asking him what he wanted. And finally, after it happened several times, he said, uh, maybe God's trying to talk to me. And when he got to that moment, he, he said these words to the Lord. He said, Lord, I am your servant. I, I, I want to hear your voice. I want to, and I hope that's your heart this morning. I hope you're here wanting to not just put in some time, but I, more importantly, I hope you're here wanting to uh, hear God's heart and hear his voice to you uh, this morning. I want to. I want to take this Sunday at the first Sunday of the new year and, and I want to share with you what I believe will be a word of encouragement to all of us and I'm going to call what I want to share with you this morning. We are receiving an unshakable kingdom. We are or have received an unshakable kingdom. Yes, that's right. The title of what I want to share with you is actually taken right out of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 12. Of all the books in the New Testament, Hebrews is one of the most difficult to really, truly understand. The the most difficult, obviously, is Revelation with all its metaphors and imagery and whatnot, but Hebrews can be difficult because it requires you, in order to properly understand what it's talking about there, you have to be uh, kind of fully versed in, in the Old Covenant. Uh, you have to have a, quite a good understanding of Jewish sacred history as, as well as the sacrificial system because all of those things are talked about in the book of Hebrews. And if you don't have a, at least a working understanding of those things, a lot of it just probably will go in one ear and out the other and won't make a lot of sense. The letter of Hebrews was written to Jewish people who had become Christians. Now, in case you didn't know it or not, that was not a popular thing back in those days. For you to say that you were a part of the way or that you had embraced the uh, the teaching of Jesus Christ, uh, that, that, that put a letter on you. That put, put you in a category of, of not uh, among the norm. Now, <clears throat> you, we have to remember, because this letter is written to people who had a thorough background and understanding uh, of, of what it meant to be Jewish, they would have clearly understood what the letter was talking about, right? But because that is not our background, it's not our story, uh, it's not what we're steeped in, uh, sometimes we have to dig a little deeper to try to, to understand what it is Scripture is trying to say to us. This letter was written to these believers when they were facing significant struggles, challenges, Uh, and even persecution for their faith in Christ. But there is one theme 
that kind of keeps bubbling back up in Hebrews. One theme that, you know, as the world tries to, to put a damper on us, one theme in Hebrews that keeps leaking out, and it's this, don't give up. Don't give up. In the face of the challenges they were facing, in spite of things being in chaos, the writer of Hebrews has encouraged them, encouraging them to not throw in the towel or quit on their pursuit of Christ. Now when you get towards the end of the book in the 12th chapter, we read these words. I have them for you on the screen. It's a little lengthier passage than what I would normally put on the screen, but I really, if you have your Bibles, I'd love it if you have a Bible. Uh, that'd be great if you turn to it, but if, uh, if you have a device or something that you use, you might want to look at it there, but I, I do have it for you on the screen, so I want to read it to you. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Verse 26. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. In this passage, we come to discover, in the words of the late Jerry Lee Lewis, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. A lot of shaking. Shaking or the concept or idea of shaking, can be defined as this, the upsetting of the normal order of things. Shaking equals the upsetting of the normal order of things. The discombobulating of stuff. I love that word. I didn't even know if it was a word or not till I looked it up, and it's actually in the dictionary. The discombobulation of things. Things becoming out of sorts. Now, I don't know about you, but right now, as I look at what's going on in the world, it fits this definition of the upsetting of the normal order of things. If you happen to watch the news, you will notice that there are things going on in the Middle East. There are things going on in Ukraine, in, Ukraine, in China, in Iran, and, and that's only the start of the list. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. 
If you look at our own nation, there is political unrest, economical unrest, criminal or social unrest, moral unrest. When I look at our nation, it feels to me like there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And some of you that are here this morning are experiencing a personal shaking. Just yesterday, I got the call about our son-in-law and granddaughter being in the accident, and, and I thought, it's upsetting the normal order of things, right? Something happened that they weren't expecting to happen. In fact, we were just together before this happened, and I knew Emery was driving home, and I said, listen, the roads, we had just driven from someplace to our house. They were with me. I said, please be abundantly careful because the roads are incredibly slick. Not expecting that anything would happen, but stuff happens, right? So some of you are here this morning dealing with a little personal shaking. Last summer, for me, there was a whole lot of shaking going on. My father passed away. Uh, I ended up wearing a catheter for three months. There was some stuff going on here within the church and so forth and so on. And, I, and it just felt like that the upsetting of the normal order of things was happening. There was a shaking that was taking place. It's vitally important for us to, under, uh, to understand that when there is a shaking taking place, God is talking. I'm going to say that again. When there is a shaking taking place, God is talking. God has something to say in our shaking. That is why the writer of Hebrews starts out by saying to them and to us, see to it that you do not refuse the one who speaks. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through some shaking, or when I see the world or our culture going through, going through a shaking, I feel like crawling underneath a rock. That's how I feel. I feel like I just want to get away. I want to go. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where there is to go, but I just want to go. There is something in us that when our world is, it, it, things, the normal order of things uh, is, is being tested, right? There is something, at least inside of me, that when things happen like that, they get discombobulated, I feel myself wanting to pull back. Wanting to pull away. But it is in that very shaking that God has something that we desperately need to hear. And the biggest mistake any of us can make is to pull away from God. 
shaking many times is the precursor to God doing something new, speaking something new into our lives. Throughout Scripture, there seems to be this pattern that when God is about to do something significant or relevatory, it is preceded by a disruption in the normal order of things. Let me example that to you. When Abraham received a word from God in Genesis 12, chapter 12, we call it a promise. And a promise, by the way, is something that God has said he would do. He told Abraham that in this promise, in this word, he said to Abraham that he and his descendants would be blessed and be a blessing to all the rest of the nations. In Genesis chapter 15, God provides additional information about this promise and specifically tells Abraham that he will have his own son to bring about this promise that God has spoken. Now, if you all know that story, uh, he, Abraham and his wife are well past the years of bearing children. So when God tells him, okay, first of all, I want to let you know I have chosen you to be blessed and to be a blessing to the rest of the nations. Then he goes forward to tell him, and through you, your offspring, your child will be the, uh, you know, the release of this blessing. <clears throat> Abraham and Sarah tried to pull off this God promise in their own way and in their own strength. And we, we know that that led to immense uh, discombobulation of things. In fact, we're still dealing with the discombobulation of what transpired thousands of years ago, right? But we also know that that in that chaos, God made true on his promise to Abraham and Sarah to give them a son, Isaac. Miraculously gave them a son, Isaac, right? So you have this pattern. You have this discombobulation of things, a shaking, if you will. But then God does something new something unexpected, something that we couldn't have made happen by our efforts, right? Supernatural thing of God. So it'd be nice, well, okay, that's one example. But even in that example, look and see what happened. Isaac is born. Isaac is growing up. And God says to uh, Abraham, I want you to take that son and I'm going to meet you on this mountaintop over here. And, uh, and we, you know the story. The story goes that he calls Abraham. Think about this for a minute. He calls Abraham, God calls Abraham to do something that God in chapter 9 of Genesis strictly forbade humans to do. I want you to kill your son. 
Now, let's think about this for a minute. Some of the discombobulating that you and I have in our lives has to do with what's going on in other people's world around us, right? But some of the shaking and things that take place in our life is when it's, it, we're finding it difficult to make sense of God. Let me say that again. If you haven't had the occasion of that happening to you yet, you will at some point. Where it seems like God is doing something or, or uh, calling us to do something that doesn't seem like it could be Him. That's a shaking. It's an upsetting of the normal order of things. So I got to believe there is some shaking going on in Abraham. We know from reading the story, Isaac's kind of wondering, hey, uh, what's happening here? But as that moment arrived, God did something. He spoke. And he spoke by doing this. He provided a ram in a thicket. When he saw that Abraham was all in and that he was going to trust God, God did something new. He did something special. He spoke, and in that speaking, the sacrifice was provided. Abraham couldn't have made that happen. He couldn't have, uh, you know what I'm saying? He couldn't have... He couldn't have produced that moment. It was something God was doing. God was speaking. When God was bringing his people out of Egypt, he, uh, he made them go the long way around. It tells us as soon as they left Egypt, there was a shorter route to get them into the place that God was bringing them into. But God made them go by, down by the Red Sea. Now again, if you've watched the Ten Commandments or uh, read the, the story in the Bible, you'll know there came a moment when there was utter chaos. There they were at the, at the shore of the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is coming in their direction and they start saying to Moses, you know, did God just bring us out here to kill us? What, you know, what's going on? That's called a shaking. The upsetting of the normal order of things, right? So they're freaking out. They're like, they're like what is going on here? And what does God do? He speaks. He speaks to some water, and that water separates, and they're able to cross over to the other side. Now, <clears throat> that's called a miracle. And it's the greatest miracle that Israel ever knew in their history. And the reason I know that is because they still talk about it to this very day. The parting of the Red Sea. God was speaking in their shaking and enabled them to head across to the place that he was calling them into. I could take you to place after place after place in Scripture 
where this is the pattern of God to, to, to cause a shaking to occur, but then at, in the aftermath of the shaking to do something that only he could do. Are you there? Probably the greatest, the greatest example of that pattern is the cross and the resurrection. When Jesus went to the cross, there was a whole lot of shaking going on, right? Here were, all, here were some people who had, who had signed up. Yes, we're going to follow you. We're going to go after you. You're, you're the man. And then he says to him, him I'm going to be leaving you. I'm not going to be around anymore. Uh, they're going to take me. They're going to crucify me. No, they're not. They're not going to do that. You're the man. And it happened. And they were all left scratching their head because there was a shaking going on. Why is this happening? How could this? That is not the time to pull back. It's the time to listen because God is going to speak in our shakings. And he did in that moment. How did God speak? He rose Jesus Christ from the dead. The shaking preceded the new thing that God was doing. It is obvious that here in Hebrews, the time and place being referenced here is when the people were gathering to meet with God at Mount Sinai. You may remember... God brings them across the Red Sea. They celebrate. They have a season of celebration. This is awesome. Our God is awesome. This is wonderful. And then God says, well, you know, as a matter of fact, we, 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 there's some things I need to talk to you about. So he, you know, he starts out saying some of these things to Moses, but then he says, you know, I need you to get down there and get the folks ready because I want to come down and talk with them. And if you know the details of what transpired, it says there was thunder and lightning. The ground, literally, there was an earthquake and things were shaking, right? And the people said, uh, hey, Moses, Moses, hey, Mo. Uh, this, is, this is what they literally said. Listen now. He says, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled in fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us. Do not refuse him who desires to speak. Here's why. You know, they were thinking in their minds, well, we don't want to encounter this God who seems, I don't know, a little, little intimidating, right? We'll, we'll listen to you, Moses. But you know, if you've read that story, they didn't listen to Moses. And they didn't listen to God. 
They refuse to hear Him who speaks. God literally caused a shaking to occur prior to Him giving them the constitution for the kingdom that the people of Israel were going to live under. When they refused to hear God speak and subsequently didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what Moses said either, they ended up falling back into their pagan practices that became well known to them in Egypt. And they found out, they found out that God can be a consuming fire. It's a head-scratcher, but 3,000 people, it says, lost their life because they refused to listen to God. Hebrews tells us that we have not come to this kind of mountain. We have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. We, you and I, we don't, we don't go to Mount Sinai. But that does not mean that there are, are still not shakings. If you are in this world, you will be shaken. You either are, you, 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 here's where you're at right now. You are either in shaking. Okay, yeah, here, let me start here. You have either been shaken and come out of shaking. You're in shaking and trying to find your way out of shaking, or you will be shaken at some point. It's just, if you're in this world, you know why? Because there's a whole lot of shaking going on. So when we are in the midst of shakings, whether it is what we see going on in the world or what you know is going on in your world, it starts out by saying, do not refuse him who speaks. Listen. Pay attention. Because God is trying to tell us something. Something we can all relate to living here where we do is that when we, when we catch wind that there is a, a winter storm coming, or it could be in the summer, or maybe they're saying a tornado is in our area or whatever, we have a tendency to tune in in a greater way to what the weather people are saying, right? People are on their phones, you know, how much is it gonna snow? You know, what's Channel 2 saying? What's Channel 4 saying? You know, at that point, uh, I, I tend to listen to more national news, but uh, the national news, while it might be helpful for uh, everyone who lives in the United States, it's not helpful for what's going on at 6806 Stinson Road. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, if I turn on Fox News and I say, I wonder, I wonder what they're going to tell me about the storm that's coming, I'm probably not going to hear a whole lot. But if I tune into Channel 2, they, they'll, they'll sound like the world's coming to an end. Right? If I got it right? Like, you're going to snow, there's going to be 20 feet of snow. Okay, well, 
That's helpful information, right? Like something's happening here. And in the same way, when you and I are seeing shaking going on or we're experiencing a personal shaking, that is the time for us to get our news locally. That's the time to put your hand up to your ear and lean in and say, God, I know I, I don't like this. I don't want this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be where I'm at right now. But uh, you have a pattern of speaking in the shaking. And so I want to lean in and hear what it is that you're saying to me. Hebrews then goes on to tell us in verse 27 God's purpose in the shaking. In verse 27 it says, The removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. When God is shaking things in the natural or physical realm, it is because there is something He has to speak into the spiritual or supernatural realm. I want to say this to you. If all you see is what you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. Let me say that to you again. If all you see is what you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. When you're going through something, God is trying to show you something that is beyond the natural things that you are seeing. Verse 28 tells us some more about God's purpose in our shakings. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. These verses are comparing what can be shaken with what cannot be shaken. When there is a shaking in the physical realm, there is something that God wants to speak about His unshakable kingdom. There is one primary theme throughout the whole entire Bible. Let me say that again. There is one primary theme throughout the entire Bible. It's this. That the glory of, that the glory of God be advanced uh, through the advancement of His kingdom. From Genesis to, Revela to Revelation, there is one theme. The glory of God and the advancement of his kingdom. Kingdom has to do with his sphere or realm of rule and authority. God's goal in history is seeing that established in his, uh, his eternal rule in history. Seeing the rule of God manifested in the environment of men. We all know and we all look forward to the point in which that will be utterly fulfilled at the second coming of Christ. But until then, we see it circumstantially in the lives of His people. He wants to reveal to the world that when there is a shaking going on, He has a people that are not shaken. When everything, I once heard this said by a friend of ours, Chuck Villa, he used this phrase, and I borrow it from him now, when everything is tore up from the floor up, 
that he has a remnant of people who are not shaken. You know, they're not afraid of the boogeyman. Because they have come to understand that they have received and are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Are you there? He wants to reveal to the world that he's unmovable. When I think of unshakable, I got a picture for you right here. When I think of unshakable, I think of um, on your left there, the picture on your left, these are street performers that pretend they're a statue. They call them human statues, right? And so the guy, in this case, this cowboy-looking dude, he strikes a pose on top of a box. Anybody ever watch these on, you've seen these on video, right? Tubi thing or whatever, you've seen that, right? So the guy strikes a pose. And there's people that walk by and they're doing, hey, you know, I saw one where a, a lady, a beautiful lady, puckered up to kiss this guy and she gets that far away. How this guy stood still, I have no idea. But, but. I'm not very good at it because I shake, right? So, <laughs> unmovable. Regardless of the chaos going out and out here, unmovable. How about the guys at Buckingham Palace? You see, you see that dude there? See that guy in the red right there? Same thing. He has been hired to stand still. And people can go by and threaten to pick his nose or... Unmovable, unflappable, unshakable. That's... God wants to reveal his unshakable kingdom through a people who are not easily moved. You understand what I'm trying to say? You see, our habit is, is that when we see something going on out there, we're like, what? And we're, we're moving all over the place. We're, what do I got? And if our, we are moving on the outside, our insides are. But he's looking for a people that realize that regardless of what's going on out there, I have received an unshakable kingdom. Let me see what else we got here. I'm almost done. God wants to reveal his unshakable kingdom to us and through us. So what should our response be to all of this? First, Hebrews goes on to say, let us be thankful. The New American Standard Bible says, let us show gratitude. 
Now, I want to be clear about this. We are not thankful or grateful for the shaking or the discomfort or the pain that, comes, that can come from shaking. What we are thankful for is the unshakable kingdom that we have been blessed to receive. That is, by God's grace, we have been fortunate enough to have received His kingdom into our hearts and into our lives. We have been brought out of darkness and into His marvelous, unshakable kingdom of light. We are also thankful that God is going to use this shaking to bring about His new and beautiful plan on the other side of shaking. Hello? Number two, Hebrews tells us this is our response in the midst of the shaking. Let us worship God with reverence and awe. Some translations say, let us serve God with reverence and awe. Worship is an offering of our lives in service to the one who has given us his unshakable kingdom. Let me bring that into focus for us. What this is saying is that when all hell is breaking loose, when chaos is abounding, when things are tore up from the floor up, what should we be doing? We should be faithfully serving the Lord. Keep doing what He's called you to do. Don't sit around navel-gazing at the shaking. That's what some folks like to do. They're like, whoa, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And they're spending more time talking about all the shaking stuff than they are pursuing what God has called them to do. I see this. If you, if, uh, uh, be careful. Whoa, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Listen, if, you, if, if you've got time, if you've got time to get all, all whacked out about shakings that are happening, uh, then you, you, you I, I'm going to say it this way. I'm busy. I'm, I, 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 there are a lot of needs around us, folks. You don't have to look very far to find need. There are a lot of need around us. And if you are busy serving the Lord by serving others, you don't have time for naval. I don't have time to sit around and wonder about, you know, is, is there a red heifer calf somewhere buried in a basement in Israel? I don't have time for that. Please understand what I'm saying. No disrespect to anybody that likes to pursue conspiracy theories. But I, I'm just telling you, I, 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 to serve the Lord. There's shaking going on. Serve God. Be thankful and serve God. Just keep loving Him and loving others. And it'll all... Listen, he's, He gets the last word. Always. He gets the last word. That's it. It's as simple as that. He gets the last word. Then it goes on to say, listen, this is the closing, this is the closing frame of this passage. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, when you and I read that, and when they would have read that, uh, you know, we come up with all these ideas about that, right? You will notice 
If you, if you open your Bible, your phone, or your device, or whatever, and you look at that, you'll notice that this phrase, for our God is a consuming fire, is in quotes. It's in quotes. That means that phrase is borrowed from someplace and brought over to implant in this letter. Are you with me? It's in quotes. There are a couple of facets to this God being a consuming fire thing. In the Old Testament, everyone, Jew and non-Jew alike, were subject to God being a consuming fire. I just told you about when they did not respond as they should have back at Mount Sinai, God, uh, uh, a little, a little fire happened there, right? People got eliminated off the scene. God told the Israelites if they chose to stick with their idols of worship that he would be a consuming fire. But I just want to say, I want to point to this cross right here behind me. Now, because of the way you're looking at it and the way I'm now looking at it, I want you to look to the left side of the cross over here on this side. When, 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 when we read about from Genesis to uh, Malachi, that's on this side of the cross. It's over here. But then we have this Jesus moment, right? And then we have all the stuff going on now on this side of the cross. Are you with me? So all, it's really important that you understand that because I hear people talk and they're talking about things and they're talking about it as though there was no change anywhere along the way. But there was. What God was doing on this side of the cross what was one thing. What God is doing on this side of the cross is something different. I want to say to you this morning, if you are here and you are under the blood of Jesus Christ, if you have embraced Christ in your life, and you are seriously intent on following Him, you don't need to be concerned about God taking you out. Why? Because the blood that Jesus shed on that cross right there appeased, the Bible says, the wrath of God. And so He looks at you, at, with the blood of Christ, through the blood of Christ, on your life. Are you there? So, so it, back to this consuming fire thing. We, as believers, as devout followers of Jesus Christ, we don't need to God. I hear people say they'll come into church, and, and they always talk like this sometimes. You know, somebody that's not used to coming to church, they'll say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to come because the building might fall on me, right? And they're, th they're thinking God-consuming fire thing at that moment, right? So I just want to tell you, you don't need to worry about God taking you out. Now, there is this matter of the refiner's fire. Uh, we're not exempt from that. God burning out the things in our life that need burn out. But as far as you, as a person, individually, you, you don't have to worry about God smoking you, all right? You aren't, you aren't going to get smoked. 
So, why is that important? So, when, when the writer of Hebrews is writing this, in quotes, God, our God is a consuming fire, that which side of the cross were they on? They're over on that side. Okay? The other facet of this God being a consuming fire, which is how they would have understood it when they read it, we find in Scripture. Listen, I'm going to quote to you a couple of different passages. Exodus 15, 7. Listen. You, speaking of God, you overthrew your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleashed your burning wrath and it consumed them like rubble. Deuteronomy 9, verse 3. But understand that today the Lord your God goes across, goes ahead of you as a consuming fire. He will destroy those adversaries before you and subdue them. And you will drive them out and annihilate them swiftly as the Lord has promised you. Now, here, let me, I want to make it clear for you. One facet of God's consuming fire is this notion that he is going to uh, smoke people out, take people out, right? The other facet or aspect of God-consuming fire is that he is going to deal with your adversaries. Do you got it? One is about you. The other is about those that are being adversarial towards you. When he's writing to the Hebrews and he's saying, for our God is a consuming fire, what he's saying to them is, you be faithful to serve God, you be faithful to worship God, you be faithful to love God, do what God's calling you to do, and God will take care of those who are trying to make life yucky for you. God will take care of that. He will be your consuming fire. The message is loud and clear. God always gets the last word. God will deal with the shaking. What we need to be assured of is that we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. And our response to that should be, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Regardless of what shakings are going on in the world, what's going on in my life, Lord, thank you, because I know I'm a part of your unshakable kingdom. And, 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 and as we're giving thanks, we're taking our lives and saying, Lord, what are we doing today? What are, what are, what are, we, what are we doing today? What do you got up for me today? Who am I serving today? Who am I loving on today? I'm just doing what faithfully trying to do what God is leading me to do. Somebody said, well, you've said it different ways as you've been talking today. You know, have we received? Are we receiving? And to that, I would say yes. Because a lot of principles in Scripture have three folds to them. When Christ did what he did on the cross, he he purchased everything. He, 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 uh, he spent the whole bank buying for us 
what it, what it is that we need. And so in that, we can say, uh, we have received His unshakable kingdom. If you've embraced Christ, because that's one of the things that He purchased for us, you have received. But, but, at the same time, as we are navigating our life, we, we, we come into those new places of God doing new things, speaking new things, and in that, we are receiving His unshakable kingdom. It's finding application. It's finding place in our hearts and lives. But there's this other third aspect that one day, there will come a day, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. What that means is, is that there will, we, 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 there will come a day when we will utterly receive his unshakable kingdom. What I want you to know today, as we go from this place, go ahead, Mac, you can play a little something, something there. As we go from this place, whether you're watching the news or whether there's personal news for you and it speaks of shaking, please know, please know that you have received an unshakable kingdom. You, we're passing through this world. This is not our home. This is not our home. This isn't my home. You have received an unshakable kingdom, so don't give up. Don't give up. Don't buy into the lies. Don't, don't waste your time navel-gazing and, you know, what did I do to cause this? What, 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 all, that, all that stuff. Don't do it. Say, okay, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Now, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm a part of your unshakable kingdom. What do you got for me to do? stand with me this morning. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. I want to particularly pray for those who are experiencing a personal shaking right now. Lord, I pray in the midst of their physical shaking, their emotional shaking, their as, as Hebrews put it, the things that can be shaken. Our health, our, our well-being. Lord, I pray right now for those who are finding, they find themselves in that seat right now. Lord, it was just a few months ago, I, I was there. I was, I, I was there. I was sitting in that seat. And Lord, throughout that whole thing, I just knew, regardless of where this thing ended up going, that I was a part of your unshakable kingdom. I pray that you would, you would tattoo that. We talk a lot about tattoos today, Lord. A lot of tattooing going on. But I pray in their hearts, you would tattoo the 
unshakable kingdom. I pray that we would be like those people, those, those statues on the street or those guards at Buckingham Palace that regardless of what we hear or what we see, whether somebody's trying to get us to get all discombobulated, Lord, that we would be steady Eddie. Steady Eddie just pray in that you will deal with our adversaries. You will be that consuming fire which is who you are. Just yesterday I had the occasion to be in a setting where there was a whole lot of, whole lot of talk about the love of God and you kind of got the impression that that, that whoever people are and whatever it is they do, you know, God is just so, so good, so merciful, which He is. He, that's one side of the coin, but you don't have to read very far in Scripture to find out that He's also a consuming fire. So Lord, purify our hearts. Let your refiner's fire do its work in us. And may we, may we be able to demonstrate that, to portray that to the people that you put in our path. Help us, we pray. Give us victory.